Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Dr. Van Helsing here to see you, madam. Oh, yes. Oh, do send him in. Lady Mina will see you now, sir. Welcome, doctor. I'm ever so glad you're here. And I am ever so glad to be here. Oh, Mina, you are the very image of womankind, the paragon of beauty and the zenith of grace, whilst I am unfit to be a man in the presence of your ladyship. Women recoil when they see me, and children weep when they hear me. Oh, Mina, look upon me. I am but a base knave, a rascal, a ruffian, a fool, a clod, a geck, a gull, a whoreson dunderhead, a fetid carbuncle, a pimple unworthy of its pus, a pox upon me, a pox, a pox, I say. Yes, yes, all right, all right, get on with it. Aren't you supposed to be here to kill some vampires? Kill some vampires? Yes. Aren't you Dr. Van Helsing Vampire Killer? No. I'm Dr. Van Helsing Bitch. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 40, A Green Halloween. 
Hallows Eve. This is the time in which people get candy? Shut up. No, it's a pagan thing. What? Pancakes? Oh, Timothy. Welcome back, my fine, ferocious friends. This is Alex Rogers, reporting and recording from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. Well, this is a a good time to tune in now, folks. Boy, do I have some adventurous stories. First of all, welcome to this episode. This is episode 40. Holy goodness gracious, I've been yakking at you guys, chewing your ear off uh, for 40 episodes. God bless you all for giving me that time, that rhyme, and uh, well, one day, you're a dime. (laughs) No, 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 not you guys. You're the OG crowd. We're going to get the dime from those who owe us a few dimes and some times, but we're beyond owing and knowing and snowing and blowing. Right now, I'm hearing what I now know, having been this time, this this been this time, this many times around the sun and the moon, that uh, there's a party going on next door, right? Because I'm at the crib. <laughs> Hey, you're doing well, baby. That was a cheerful sound, considering it's been a thumping next door. There's been one of those big, loud-ass parties where you hear, you, where you can't quite understand what people are saying, but you can hear through the walls things like, You know, and everyone's learned this sort of, uh, it's not really a song, it's kind of like a, a Everyone gather around, get drunk, and we clown around. You know, just it's 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 popular, and it's communal. And I'm the bad guy here. I'm the bad guy. Falling down. That's a love letter to L.A. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is Halloween, my friends. Oh, and before I go into Halloween, what I was saying earlier is, okay, it's been this a-pumpin', a-thumpin' party. Lots of loud music, a lot of, lot of loud music, a lot of kids necking, uh, some booze, some hooch, some pills, some pop squeezes and buzzes and clicks and a bunch of other, uh, yeah, actually, you know what I'm kind of doing? I'm kind of sort of stealing from Bob Odenkirk's writing for, uh, the the ever immortal Matt Foley sketch where the parents are like, you know, the drugs, crack, ice, boom, pow. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, after a big party like that, you know you're going to have a lot of drunk people, right? Dur- before, during, and after. And you know there's going to be a couple guys getting aggressive. Give me one sec, my friends. I'm going to pause, see if I can hear it still. All right, it seems all all quiet on the Western Front for now. Uh, the hour upon recording this, 
eh, I guess it would be around the time that they would wrap it up. But anyway, I'm starting to hear those voices post-drinking where they start to go, No, fuck you, man. No, no, fuck you. Fuck you, bro. Fuck you. No, fuck you, bro. And you know that two hours earlier, they were going, I love you, bro. I fucking love you, man. I love you too, bro. I fucking love you. And in both of those instances, there was a girl going, You two are friends. Now, before any of you who really deep dive into comedy say, hey, did you take that from Jordan Peele? No, 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 I didn't take it from Jordan Peele. He and I both, look at me comparing myself to a great, great man. I am but a gross, disgusting fool compared to him. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I also have heard with mine own ears a party next door where two aggressive males were going at it like uncaged beasts. And this poor lady is between them, desperately reminding them that they're either A, friends, B, brothers, C, cousins, D, all the above. And, you know, <laughs> there, there's that situation at everyone's neighborhood party. It's a common phenomenon. Circles within circles. So, um... Yeah, if you hear any loud noises, you'll know why. <laughs> Besides me. <laughs> if you hear any loud... You mean your whole fucking show, Alex? Jesus, you're one big cherry bomb. Um, Speaking of a little uh, cherry bomb... No, there's no explosives here. But metaphorically speaking, because that's a pot term when we cherry something, right? Uh, as, I, as I believe it. Of course, when I was but a wee lad getting first in my marijuana culture. If you lit the bowl with a lighter and then you pass the bowl, you wouldn't need to uh, necessarily relight it because the embers kept it lighting and burning. So you could simply inhale it like a bellows, you see. Do you know what a bellows is? No, of course not. You're from another era. Well, I'll draw you a picture sometimes. You don't know what a drawing is? All right, well, uh, come with me. It's time to murder you. Uh, but yes, when you have the lit bowl and you don't need to use the lighter again and you take that big puff and then you see that orange glow kind of spread out over the greens there, well, that is a cherry hit. However, that roundabout silly little beep 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 has no purpose here because I haven't lit this one yet. As I absolutely do the cardinal sin of bumping my glass pipe with cannabis inside of it against the microphone. Alex, you unprofessional cad. Um, yeah, this is a special occasion, my friends. We're going to have a little smoke on this episode. It is, after all, Halloween. And that's why we're calling this one a green Halloween. Uh, for those of you at home who are of age and of sound mind, uh, go ahead and join along. Now get along here, pack the bowl, and follow the bouncy ball, and sing along with me. I smoke marijuana every night and day. I don't care what the people say. If you have a judgment against me, I will put you upon my knee. And slappity slap, 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 I'll teach you good. Slappity slap, slap, I got you. Oh, slappity slap, 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 slappity slap. Someone give him a tissue. Okay. I'm going to have a hit after that, and uh, happy Halloween to all of you. This hit goes to you folks. May it reach you in the interweb 
velocity of voice to ear, our covalent bond. There you go. You hear that outside? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But they, whether they know it or not, agree with me. Hit it. There, yeah, I hope you heard, I hope you heard that. You hear me? I hope you heard that. Okay, don't get creepy. Come on, man. They're already trusting you to take a hit on your own show. A hit, a hit, a very palpable hit. Thank you, Osric. That's your famous line out of the way. Now we just have to wait for Hamlet to die. He always makes his dying monologue slower and slower the closer we get to closing night. Um, but yes, uh, that was nice, folks. I wanted to exhale that through the pop filter into the microphone and to you all out there. And I'm wishing you all a very safe Halloween evening, and I hope you are getting all the candies and scares and woos that you need um i love this time of year i love all the movies i've been catching up on um well for me around this time of year there are three directors where i need to watch a handful of their work if i have a lot of time i'll go through like the whole discographies of their oeuvre if I, as I can, not discography, Alex, filmography. Yes, well, you see, uh, you didn't really have to correct yourself because most of the listeners didn't even think of that, but now they have no choice because you slowed the train down. And if that's your sound effect for a train, I suggest you take a ride. Yeah, wow, that hit was so good that I, I, I know not what I was saying. Oh, yeah, the, the directors the uh, that I like to watch during this time of year. October month, Halloween month. You know I do some John Carpenter. So this year alone, of course, I did Halloween. <clears throat> you know what I also did? I mean, I've, I've seen Halloween, the first one, you know, so many times. I saw it when I was a little kid. Uh, when I was about the age of Tommy Doyle. Is he the boogeyman? Leave me alone. Um, when I was about that kid's age, I saw it for the first time. So I, it really scared me then. And now it's fun scary. The way most horror films become, the older you get. Uh, we know the older we get that uh, the real horror films are... <laughs> Someone has gotten back into your life, and it's someone you know, and they want to insidiously ruin your reputation, your livelihood, your sanity, and even your well-being. Mental health. It's a bitch. Coming. This every season until we know what to do with it. Um... But yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of fun shit. I love going through, uh, the Carpenter catalog. For me... That's uh, Halloween, The Fog, The Thing. Um, dude, I did uh, uh, 
Prince of Darkness. I really like that one. That one's actually a lot of fun. Prince of Darkness is uh, like his attempt to do a hammer horror film. And if that sounds like it's sort of a passion project that's low budget with probably too many people in an ensemble and just enough of the actual threat of the uh, evil to take them out one by one, yeah, that's the general idea. And you also have the great Donald Pleasance or Pleasance. I'm never sure how you say his name. I just know the pronunciation's gone. It's gone. It's gone. That's that's my impersonation of uh, when he's Dr. Loomis in Halloween. It's gone. It's gone. The evil is gone. Um... I hope some of those party goers are hearing me and they're like, wow, what's his problem? Anyway, um, oh, and also They Live. You gotta do They Live. Because They Live is, on the one hand, a perfectly great sci-fi scare monster kind of movie. Not like monster monster, but yeah, like... Better than a zombie apocalypse for me kind of movie. While also uh, waking you the fuck up to some stuff. Uh, and I don't even want to try to give it justice. Um, but I, do you guys know that uh, philosopher Slavoj Zizek? He's this man with a big sort of beaver-like beard. And he speaks with a very thick lateral lisp. Now, you are thinking I was going to say, say a thick accent, but I wanted to set up your prejudice and make you realize that the philosophy between uh, the synthesis and antisynthesis will be seen in the follicles of... So that is my dissertation. Gracias. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he has a really good. Uh... <laughs> and I never knew why I wasn't invited to have dinner with. Slavoj Zizek. Matter of fact, I don't even know if I'm still pronouncing or fucking up his name. I'll never know, because he didn't take too kindly to my presentation of him. Anyway, for as much of uh, 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 a mess I made back there, uh, I actually really like that guy a lot. Very, very, very cool uh, mind. He talked about They Live saying that that, uh, I'm just, <laughs> the fight scene has to be that long, because, uh, but okay, I'm gonna then switch to my voice to, because <laughs> I already, I already did it, uh, but yeah, the, for those of you who have seen They Live, there's this fight scene, um, that goes on almost too damn long for its own good but there's a reason for that and this dude whose voice I was lampooning back there 
uh, impersonation is the highest form of compliment. And that's true, gosh darn it, because I really do like this guy. Um, but he brings up a very good point. If I came to you with the sunglasses that are going to change your perspective forever, you're going to see actual reality. You can't go back after you wear these sunglasses. What are you going to do? Are you going to be uh, all Mr. or Mrs. Cool? Or Miss, excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to presume that you were married. Uh, but the, uh, you know, or are you actually going to maybe have a meltdown? Even though you want out of this silly system that we all feel kind of tethered to. If I actually have the ticket for you to change your perspective and therefore really begin your exit out of the grid, so to speak, are you going to just put on those glasses or are you going to fight me nearly to the death? And that's a really good point. And that's what seems to happen in the movie. And, uh, this man who talks like this is essentially making the points that I just made in the previous sentences. Doing that voice has completely dried out my inner palate, and so I must take a drink of dihydrogen monoxide. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You guys are so patient. You just took like, uh, you know, I hope when I'm drinking, you're drinking. I hope when I'm smoking, you're smoking. And before I go on, let me see if I actually have uh, that right about dihydrogen monoxide. Did I say that? Dihydrogen. Dihydrogen. Hi, hydrogen. Are you the first element here? Very good, hydrogen. This was a joke for chemists. That's about all I can do for you, chemists, because I bottomed out at a C-minus throughout my whole schooling. <laughs> I wasn't good at chemistry. 
I mean, look at me. Isn't it evident? Dihydrogen ma noxide. There we go, dihydrogen monoxide parody. It's it's like uh, involves calling water by an unfamiliar chemical name. Most often, most often, Jesus Christ, is this your first time reading? Yice. Uh, most often, dihydrogen monoxide. There you go, folks. I got it right the first time, but I wasted your time the second time. What else? Um... I also love to do Cronenberg, gee whiz. Oh boy, well, you know, it's to be expected. If you're going to smoke some cannabis on the show, you're going to get a little mush mouth. And what better uh, director to talk about to get a little mush mouth as if I'm going through some melting transformation than Mr. David Cronenberg. And uh, boy, you can't go wrong with a lot of his titles for Halloween season. You can't go wrong with The Brood. You can't go wrong with Scanners. You can't go wrong with Videodrome. That's my personal pick. You can't go wrong with The Fly. You know what's funny about The Fly, though? Uh, the older I get, the truly more um, depressingly scary that movie becomes. When I was 13, I thought it was so cool because it was so alien to me that everything from him being uh, an adult even, that was alien. Him just being a normal adult in the first 20 minutes of that movie, that was alien to me. And then him going through all the changes was just cool sci-fi metamorphosis shit. And then you get older and you start to realize, uh uh-oh, this is one massive visual metaphor for aging and the body falling the fuck apart, especially when afflicted with a terrible, no-turning-back disease. Oof. That said, great, fucking powerful, uh, and awesome. Oh, and another one that I love in his uh, oeuvre, Naked Lunch. Uh, I couldn't possibly tell you what that's about, But it's worth watching just to see Peter Weller, who uh, played RoboCop. And by the way, uh, this is a cool thing I'd like to share. I don't don't really, uh, I don't like to share my uh, brushings with the stars. (laughs) No, no, no. I just, I happened to be at a RoboCop uh, screening once and Peter Weller was there and he did a QA. and a And I normally don't ask questions at a Q&A unless I really got a humdinger or um, because otherwise I feel like what could I possibly ask and you know what's up folks when you go to these things and there's a Q&A how many times do you see people who are like hi I'm Bethany St. Bethel and I am uh, a big fan I also have a blog that's titled this and you can find it here and also I'm currently taking acting classes with so-and-so Saint so-and-so who is really inspirational I think you'd enjoy him because he often refers to your work and I wanted to ask you what's your process you know how many times do you see that you know or, or just anything that makes uh, uh, someone all about themselves. Or they try to put them in the hot seat. And one person at this screening said, 
So, uh, they're doing a remake of, uh, Robocop. Who would be your pick to play your part? Your, uh, your opinion, sir. And that, that's disrespectful. And then one dummy says, you were in that movie Naked Lunch? Now, at first, I'm like, nice, he's mentioning Naked Lunch. No one here is mentioning Naked Lunch. Okay, I'm listening. Let's hear what he's got. And he goes... What was that even about? <laughs> uh, let me wipe the Cheetos off my chin while I giggle. <laughs> you know. And uh, I was feeling bad, man. Here's this, uh, I think, a truly accomplished actor who's giving his, his time and his rhyme, man. And he's RoboCop. How many of us as kids had the RoboCop action figure and it was completely inappropriate for our age group? But that was the late 80s where they made violent fucking toys for little kids and parents didn't know any better because they thought, well, at least it just has a cap gun mechanism in its body and the kid himself ain't shooting nothing. You know, how many of us had basically the Peter Weller robocop action figure as a kid where you could take the helmet off and go oh he's bald you know um so i thought okay i gotta ask this guy a question i'm not saying i asked the most brilliant question but i did think to myself okay his most iconic role is robocop he's, he's done a lot of work a lot of work but you'll know him the most from RoboCop. It just it just is what it is. That's his big one. The so far. You never you know, come on guys, don't don't ever just say that. Someone uh there's always a cool role ahead. But we know him right now very much as RoboCop. And RoboCop, if you think about it, if you're talking about the first movie especially, you're only gonna be a dude for the first twenty minutes. Rest of the movie your only your uh, mouth and chin, and the rest of you is cybernetic. So I thought, okay, I've told you all. I come from a theater background, and and a lot of that is movement training. And you know, a lot of these actors are coming from theater backgrounds before they hit the big one and go to the silver screen. And uh, I asked him. I I raised my hand. And I think he even kind of at first looked at me like, all right, what the fuck are you going to ask me? All these mutants who came out here tonight to taunt me with bullshit, what do you got? Well, my friends, I, I found my breath and I just simply said, hey, I noticed that a lot of your performance as RoboCop is physical. It seems to demand a lot of your physical abilities. What did you do to train to embody the role? of RoboCop. And I'm happy to say, my friends, that his eyes lit up and he said, hey, yeah, that's an interesting question. And he proceeded to tell us that he spoke to seven separate mine minds. <laughs> Damn it, I almost got that one out. I got caught up on the seven separate because I loved that, um, that uh, alliteration, but then A, I knew my own sharp S, which I'm guilty of, might might slip through because I have some of that shay skip. 
kind of a thing that happens with my S's. And then, of course, I came from Slavojzizek, which could come out. So I, I already fucked myself up. But okay, once again, boop. he spoke to seven separate mimes. So he, he spoke to seven mimes. And I think even the great Marcel Marceau, he may have mentioned him. I think you have to mention him anyway if you're talking about mimes. Even if he wasn't involved, I think you have to go... Like the great Marcel Marceau once said. And, and then you move on. And if you didn't get that, well, listen back and, and you'll get it again. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, it was really cool that, that he spoke to a mime from here, a mime from there. And... Uh, just sort of thought like, okay. And he even went to them and said, how does a machine man move? And so they worked on it and you roll back the shoulders and you move kind of with uh, through the hips, but very kind of joltingly. But you also are firm. You have this like adamantine spine and just, it's cool, man. That's the shit that I'm interested in. Because um, we kind of forget that in a lot of these franchisey things where uh, the character is way more important than whoever is going to play him, there's still a dude who is uh, pulling the strings, so to speak, behind this wonderful character. So, a little, trying to show a little respect. Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. Well, uh, boy, oh boy. And then on top of that, my friends, what else? Um, oh, and Brian De Palma films. Um, can't go wrong with a lot of those. Damn, I went through a good, good little rush. You know, what's funny is he's, he, his big, big ones are not even his sort of usual wheelhouse of, um, psychological, uh, mounting slasher based horror, uh, verging on dreamlike state, erotic nightmare stuff. Excuse me, I had to turn away and burp, and if it got onto the camera, well, it's a real moment. In fact, give me one sec, my friends. Let me do a little uh, hitaroo right here. If you don't, if you don't mind, I shall enjoy another little bit because this is. Excuse me while I smoke, 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 smoke. My green Halloween bum, 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 Join me while I smoke, 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 smoke. My green Halloween. You're ever so patient, my friends. You're ever so patient. My goodness, my gracious goodness. All right, so uh, moving on. Oh, 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 and yeah, some De Palma titles that I can throw your way to check out if you haven't gotten to them yet. Okay, here, here's a good little lineup. Write these down because I went through them all this year. <clears throat> you ready? Here you go. Write these down. You do it in this order as well. And these are films that 
uh, go from the 70s through the 80s. Okay, here we go. Sisters. Phantom of the Paradise. Carrie. The Fury. Dress to Kill. Blowout. And body, body Double. Oh, you almost did it, that last one. But you know what? Because the movie's called Body Double, I had to do it twice. <laughs> oh, De Palma, you did it again. So there you have it with that, my friends. Uh, lastly, um, I want to share some fun things. You know, this episode, I'm squeezing in at the end of a day. I'm very tired. This has been one nutty week. I'm I'm so happy to say to you all that uh, Storyscapes is up and running. Um, we have some really good releases right now. Some great stories. Since I last checked in with you all, we now have um, some cool authors whose work I never knew about, like Elizabeth Bowen and Daphne du Maurier. Uh, we have some, some shorts by them that uh, I narrated. And um, the wonderful team that I work with at Wild 7, they've been helping me put it together. Someone is always helming the sound design for these stories. And I had a blast this week. I'm, I'm wiped out, but I had a blast. No, no but. And I'm wiped out. And because I, 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 I had a, a blast creating. And... It was a sound design for Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. I'm pretty excited about that one. Um, that was crazy, my friends. I had a deadline. Necessity is the mother of all invention. And surely, Mr. Bishop, that was true. That certainly was true. And I like the taste of the wafers as well. Thank you and God bless. God bless us all. Um... But yeah, I, I had to get it done. And in six hours, I cranked a little sound design out. And anyway, good little lesson, folks, is uh, if, if you got to do it in a set amount of time, you, you just might. It might work out. Happened to work out. It happened to work out for me. And it might work out for you. Uh, now buy my book. So, Storyscapes is out. It's been Edgar Allan Poe week, so you can check those out. What we have so far uh, with the Poe releases, uh, we have um, The Raven, Hop Frog, I never knew about that one until I narrated it, The Telltale Heart, and The Mask of the Red Death. And there are others uh, from, by different authors, and there are others to come by different authors. I'm so happy to be a part of this project, and the team is impeccable. So thank you all, everyone, uh, from on both sides of the creative uh, sphere. So yeah, um, what else, my friends? I told you all about uh, great news about Debbie and the Devil. We're we're in Shockfest. We made it. That's going to be in December. And um, we will be virtual, but who isn't these days? So we did it, baby. All right, love. I think I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, you know, it's uh, 
I, I'm, I, I think I'm tuckered out, and uh, I just wanted to check in. I just wanted to jump on and see how you doing, Pete. That's from Lost Highway, another scary-ass movie that you should check out during this time. David Lynch. I've talked about that with you all. But, um, yes, my friends, I wanted to wish you all a lovely Halloween. May it be just right, be safe, be fun, be cool. And, uh, yeah, I'll check in with you guys again quite soon. We shall do... Let's do this again. Let's, let's circle back. Let's pencil in it. No! We will not do that. We simply shall. In the mean in between, thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 